Hello, and welcome to Objective Health, another exciting episode. I am your host, Doug, and with me is Elliot. Hello. We are doing another bro show today. It's just the two of us. It's bro show part two. Last one we did was the one we did on Soy Boys. One of our more popular videos, actually. So, uh, yeah, Tiff and Erica are not with us today, but um, as usual, as always, is Damien on the Wheels of Steels, the Ones of Twos. Ones and twos. <laughs> we can't actually hear Damien. We're having technical difficulties. Um, so today we are going to be doing a show on degeneracy. And that's like a little bit difficult to define to a certain extent. It's like, what exactly are we talking about? We're kind of been noticing in the headlines. I mean, it's been going on for years, but it seems like there, things are really kind of uh, picking up pace with the general degeneration of society. I mean, in terms of kind of its moral character, um, intellectualism, all those sorts of things, like everything just seems to be degenerating. And we might be witnessing kind of the collapse of a civilization here if we just look at kind of what's going on in the headlines. Um, degenerate is, is defined as to sink into a low intellectual or moral state. And I think that that is generally what we're witnessing. And if we sound like we're being crazy here or prudes or something like that, maybe stick with us and we'll, uh, we'll see if you can't convert you to our way of thinking because... It really seems like things are falling apart. Mm -hmm. So maybe to start with, we can talk about, there was um, a, an article that was on, what was the website? The, sorry. Uh, it was Undercover DC. Undercover DC, thank you. Yeah, that's what it's called. Um, it was written by a journalist named Celia Farber, and she was covering. There's a, there's a trial going on right now that is getting absolutely no media attention, to f st despite the fact that it is like, like huge. It's it's unbelievable what's actually being revealed in this um, case. So basically, you might have seen um, some videos floating around a little while ago where some undercover journalists were um, talking to Planned Parenthood people. Um, posing as people who were trying to buy um, body parts, for, uh, like fetal body parts from abortions. And um, some of the stuff that is... They, so they've been sued, essentially. Um, and, you know, instead of uh, the Planned Parenthood actually uh, coming under fire for this, it's the journalists who have revealed it that are coming under fire for it. <laughs> so giving away all these um, secrets. But... Um, the stuff that's actually coming out about it is truly draw-dropping. Draw-dropping? Jaw-dropping. That's what I meant to say. Um, so there's a couple of uh, like quotes from the article that I just wanted to read. There are quite a few of them, but um, I'll try and keep it brief. So it said, uh, on one day in June of 2014, the report states, an ABR technician obtained a 20-week-old fetus at a Planned Parenthood clinic for which it paid the clinic $60. From that one fetus, ABR sold its brain to one customer for $325, both of its eyes for $325 each, that's $650 total, to a second customer, a portion of its liver for $325, to a third customer, its thymus for $325, and another portion of its liver for $325, to a fourth customer, and its lung for $325 to a fifth customer. Um, ABR, the report says, procured the fetus at 9 a.m. at a plant, Planned Parenthood clinic along with three others. By 1 p.m. in a four-hour window, ABR earned $6,825 if you include service fees, shipping, disease testing, cleaning, etc., etc. So essentially what's being revealed here is that they are making a bundle off of fetal body parts, um, which is you know never what's actually... It, that kind of thing is never really brought up, you know. The 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 leftists have kind of like um, idolized this abortion process and kind of like put it down as a right, and they glorify it. And you know, it used to be kind of considered like a um, a last ditch um, 
kind of thing to do if, if things were, were really bad and you needed to, like, you know, it was if, if it was necessary, you did it, but it wasn't something you were proud of by any stretch of the imagination. And now it seems like it's kind of come to the point where um, it is something to take pride in. Like, people are almost taking pride in their getting of abortions. But this side of things is really something new, something that I hadn't encountered before. And I find it like quite shocking to say the least. Yeah, it's, it's definitely very disturbing. Um, out of all the material, I, I'd say it's probably one of the most disturbing things that I've ever come across as well, simply because, um, it, it's almost like, a you know, it's a competition for how low can humanity go, mm-hmm. you know, it, taking something like a, a baby, a child, um, an unborn fetus, which, as we will see, is is a is a living being, right? It's not like um, when these women go for an abortion that 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 the baby is necessarily even dead. In fact, if you, if you look at what um, some of the quotes that that they provided actually provided some um some insight into the procedure which is used which is actually used by these um technicians operating on behalf of Planned Parenthood and then subsequently the um these biotech companies who are using the fetal tissue for various research purposes um, and and just to go into that a little bit, but w- what Planned Parenthood are doing is essentially selling off fetal body parts, um, primarily to stem cell research companies. So, as I'm sure you're probably aware, um, or if you know anything about health or you know modern health research, uh, there's a massive focus on stem cell therapy right now. Right, so stem cells over the past couple of decades have really jumped into the research, um, and 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 they're they're being heavily researched for a variety of benefits that they can um, provide in terms of um, improving people's health. Right, um, and so there's some pretty big names. I think Mel Gibson's father, you know, went for stem cell research. Lots of people are having stem cell therapy um, and it's really having good results. But no one really necessarily questions where did they get these human stem cells from? And it and it appears that many of them um, are actually being provided or are being sourced from aborted fetuses. Okay, and and so there's actually a very um, lucrative market involved there, and it seems that you know a bunch of individuals kind of jumped onto this um, and have been making quite a large profit off of that over at um, Planned, Parent- Planned Parenthood, and so um, just to give you an idea of the kind of procedure that goes on here, um, it's important to know that the stem cell stem cell scientists have explicitly said that the fetus needs to be born alive for the specimens to be viable for research okay so so essentially what we think of as an abortion which is almost i guess our our idea of it or my idea of it previously was a a painless death for the baby a, a quick death but it turns out that actually a lot of these procedures do not kill the babies. In fact, there are certain techniques which are used specifically by these biotech companies um, using something called uh, the old perfusion technique, which is called the Langendorf method. And what this method is used for, or what it was traditionally used for, was uh, extracting living hearts from animals. Uh, they applied this to living fetuses, and essentially what they've been doing is, um, yeah, essentially extracting living babies without killing them, right? Without without killing the baby. And, and there are accounts from some of the whistleblowers who've come out and said that they have had to dismember a 25-year-old or 25-week-old fetus and been forced to cut open the baby's face to procure its brain whilst the baby's heart was still beating. 
Okay, so so the baby was essentially alive in terms of uh, the biological definition of being alive anyway, um, and, and they were essentially performing murder, right? Uh, there was another account of um, <clears throat> a technician who admitted that she knew how to manipulate a fetus on an ultrasound to get it into a breech position in order to secure an intact head removal. She was also discussing about how to get intact fetuses, including um, the ones with beating hearts, and how to tear the heads from the body without damaging the other organs. So this is pretty evil stuff right there. Yeah. Um, And this is... Planned Parenthood receives quite a lot of funding, right? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and it's... it's, It's kind of... I mean, I'm not surprised that this is going on. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the way that abortion has been kind of promoted and elevated. Um, of course, somebody's making money off of it, right? I mean, inevitably, it seems like <clears throat> when something gains a lot of traction and people are really kind of, it's like a hot button topic that everybody's talking about or everybody's has a very strong opinion on. It seems like there's somebody capitalizing off that in some way. So, yeah. I mean, the, the other thing is, is that, like, in many cases that th- this is illegal. Like, in a lot of states, there are um, rules about what has to be done if a, uh, in an abortion if the baby is actually still alive. And essentially, they have to try and save it. Um, so for them to be purposely um, aborting these fetuses and keeping them alive uh, in order to, get, to, to, ki- to then kill them and take their body parts. It's just, it's something out of like a sick dystopian, like science fiction novel or something like that. Yeah, indeed. Um, and unfortunately the majority of people don't, th- aren't aware of this. Um, and <clears throat> it's a shame that this particular case that you're talking about, Doug, with these journalists, Essentially, what these journalists wanted to do was shine light on um, how evil this practice actually was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems that the the biotech companies have kind of turned it on its head and are trying to claim that the journalists were illegally recording the activities, right. such as when they were going undercover, they were illegally recording it, and therefore um, the material could be damaging for the reputation of those companies. Right. And the fact of the matter is that the, the guy, um, Delayden, I believe his name is, um, actually, um, they checked with lawyers beforehand to see, like, you know, if we, if we do this and we collect this information, is this considered legal? And they were told that it was. Now, you know, that's not necessarily a defense, but I mean, they kind of did their due diligence to find out if they could um, actually be prosecuted for this. And we're told that they, they, they couldn't be, that it was legal what they were doing. So I just find it interesting that um, they're still being sued for it. But the good side of things is that if the lawsuit wasn't actually going on, much of this information probably wouldn't have come out. You know, the fact that the um, these companies are going after the reporters is kind of bringing a lot to light because there there are, although there's more or less media silence on it, there are at least some um, websites uh, that are actually releasing um, information from the actual trial itself, which is how all this information is getting out. It's not really a surprise that the mainstream media with its like strong liberal bias would be ignoring all this kind of stuff. Like they don't really want to paint abortion, like anything bad against abortion, which is like, you know, a hard one, right. And, um, you know, glorified, as I said before, um, but it's funny that their you know, Planned Parenthood's lawsuit has kind of brought everything out into the open. Um, whereas, you know, if, um, well, no, I guess if they had uh, ignored it, it probably would have come out in the open too, because the, the, the videos have been circulating so far. But it just seems like uh, there's the whole Streisand effect where the more you try to shut something up, the more attention it actually ends up bringing on itself. Yeah. Um, and if there's any, I mean, it would be lovely to see the day that these companies are held accountable um, for this because 
I think what they're doing is technically against the law, right? Um, mm-hmm. And by any uh, regular definition, they are committing mass murder mm-hmm. um, on a frequent basis, uh, probably unbeknownst to the people who actually go for abortions, mm-hmm. which is um, not providing informed consent on that on that level. So if there's any justice in the world, then these people will be held accountable. But since it's on the topic of our show, I think this um, this whole topic is is can serve as a very useful reminder, or can, for me at least, highlights um, just this overall tone that is now become somewhat acceptable in society at large. How these things can um, can can go on. And there is not mass uprising against it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and because, as you've said, Doug, abortion was once something which was, um, and I think on any uh, side of the kind of political social spectrum, whether you identified as liberal or as conservative, the idea of having an abortion was kind of the end um the the last resort, so to mm-hmm. speak, back in a time when couples would take responsibility for their behavior, and if they were going to have unprotected sex, then they would be more likely to, um, you know, accept the potential consequences that that went along with that decision. But in today's modern world, how <clears throat> this idea of abortion is somehow equivalent to liberation. Mm-hmm. Right, and this is the kind of um, idea that is promoted by um, liberal thinkers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that how somehow how it's freedom from oppression to be able to abort a fetus um, willy nilly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's quite disturbing. Um, it really is. It's kind of like it seems like the the divide was kind of like the conservatives were like. Excuse me. You know, they're like, no, it's a life. You know, this is a life. We have to consider this thing a life. Um, whereas the the other side of it was like, um, no, you know, it's not really alive until about. You know, they they picked like these arbitrary dates or something like that. So, um, of when that is actually considered a life. Um, but, well, I forget where I was going with this, but essentially it just seems like it's becoming more and more dehumanizing all the time. Um, and that they're treating, um, the human body kind of as a a factory for pumping out parts. And this is not just the, um, these biotech companies who essentially see it as a business model, but this kind of mindset is filtering out into the general public. And although this might not be a common thing, uh, that is, kind of commonly accepted at the moment, uh, it does appear to be uh, popping up here and there on the internet. Um, we see that there was there was actually a video posted by Paul Joseph Watson not long ago, earlier on in September, explaining um, something very disturbing, in fact. Um, the article was published on SOP, and it was titled, We Live in Hell, is talking about a new sexual fetish that has been kind of, um, that, that, that a couple have written about, or an individual has written about online. I think it was on Reddit, I believe. Mm. Um, and so the comment went something like this. It says, my girlfriend enjoys her pregnancies, and then she also enjoys the abortion. So, in a Reddit post entitled, Question Regarding Abortion and Breeding Fetish, one user reveals how she has a female friend who has a really powerful fetish for breeding, and yet has never used birth control. Uh, apparently, this individual is with a male partner currently who is just like her, who's into breeding, and they've been practicing their fetish for quite a few abortions. So this couple have essentially been bragging about the idea that they get some sick sexual pleasure or some kind of pleasure, whatever it is, um, in 
essentially um, conceiving uh, a baby and then following that out through uh, the pregnancy and then having an abortion. Um, And that provides them with some kind of satisfaction. Uh, Another male respondent on that thread also shared details of his own uh, abortion fetish. So he says, I know this fetish. My girlfriend and me have the same fetish. My girlfriend enjoys her pregnancies and then she enjoys the abortion. He preferred um, her preferred date to abort is between 20 and 24 weeks of gestation. I enjoy making her pregnant and, and I enjoy the time of her pregnancy. She has no menstrual period and she is very sexually active. In the last 10 years in our relationship, we have done seven abortions and my girlfriend is pregnant again with a little girl. Yeah. Oh, man. What can you say about this? I mean, at first it was kind of like I couldn't really believe that such a thing existed. But there was there's a number of people who have actually replied on that thread, apparently, and like agreed and said they either know people like this or they um, are like this themselves. They have this kind of fetish it's really like like that's just taking it to another level you know what i mean it's like it's like it's not not enough that you have some kind of like weird kink like some kind of sexual fetish that you get off on like that's not hurting anybody else like this is just taking it it's like it's almost like a um a love of destruction like a love of complete degeneracy and like complete devaluing of any kind of human life it's mm-hmm. really it's really disturbing in that way that someone would get sexual satisfaction from that yeah i, I would agree there doug it seems very much um as some kind of uh way of sticking your fingers up to creation right mm-hmm. um complete rebelling against all that characterizes life and um, a worship of some kind of destructive principle. Uh, and to make yeah. matters worse, it doesn't even, <clears throat> it's not only these sick individuals who have these kind of fantasies, but there's people who have commented in in reaction to this who are praising them for exploring their fetishes, for being able to, um, to, to, I guess to 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 live them out, right? Yeah. And so, one of the the quoted one of the posters says, "This is a wonderful and potent example of personal power, where sex meets violence and creation combines oh with destruction." It's like way to <clears throat> paint some completely sick and twisted act as though it was some artistic. Yeah. Um, you know, creative kind of endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's totally like art, that kind of art talk, you know what I mean? Where somebody's looking at a canvas with a bunch of random splatters on it and starts talking about how wonderful it is. And with all this kind of flowery language, it's that same kind of vibe to it. You know, it's like, Oh yeah, it's a, um, the combination of creation and destruction and all these kinds of things as if it's like, as if he's like analyzing a canvas. It's really, um, it's just so dehumanized and so detached. It's like the like it's like the people are robots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, if you know, if someone was to come out and say that, just maybe fifty years ago, you know, they'd have likely been locked up. Yeah. Or they'd have been at least they would have been kind of ostracized mm-hmm. and isolated from the average kind of population of people because they can see that this is absolutely sick yeah whereas into i guess bringing it back to this idea that actually in today's world um because things seem to have um gone downhill quite significantly that this is now actually becoming accepted yeah um, and that's what's really scary because i'm sure that the majority the the vast majority of people are never going to have these kinds of fetishes yeah. but where it really becomes quite dangerous is when <clears throat> the moral compass of individuals or 
on a collective le- level in society. So the the collective kind of moral compass is degraded to such an extent that the average person begins to accept this kind of sickness as yeah. though it were a normal thing uh, or as though it could could be a, a psychologically healthy idea yeah. um, without calling it out and without being able to um, to to you know to to uh, discriminate that yeah that demonstrates that um as a whole things things of um things are not looking good yeah yeah it's uh, you know it's it's a good point talking about like you know 50 years ago because i i think that back then a person it's like it's on par with like serial killer kind of mentality you know getting off on killing in that sense like i think that um you know, nobody would be praised for that kind of thing. It would be, it would be, you know, these people are sick. Um, they either need help or they need to be locked up, like you said. But it's just kind of interesting, like all these these kinds of things that we're talking about today. It's like there's the the concept of the the Overton window, where it's kind of like um, there's kind of a, a a window of things that are acceptable to kind of talk about or positions to have on certain issues. And the more um, extreme things get introduced, and if they're outside the Overton window, it's like, you know, that's outside of what's acceptable, but it kind of ends up shifting that Overton window, you know, so that suddenly more things, it starts to encompass more that's acceptable. So it kind of seems like, you know, Back before, like we were saying, the whole abortion thing, it was like, okay, we accept that abortion maybe in some cases is necessary and um, it's kind of a, a, a last resort. Um, but now it's shifted to such an extent that there's a sexual fetish about it. You know, how much of this Overton window shifting has actually gone on? Now, mind you, most people who are here about this sexual fetish are going to be like, no, that's disgusting. That's not, you know, it's, it's, not, it's still not acceptable. But if we keep on getting this shifting, like how long is it going to be before that's like perfectly acceptable? Like, you know, BDSM is already like relatively accepted. I mean, you can find uh, references to it in children's book. At least I wouldn't be surprised if you could. Um, So, yeah, I mean, just thinking about it in that respect, it's like it's, you know, talking about degeneration. It makes me wonder how how much the... um this isn't a word, but I guess you can understand what I mean when I say pornographizing. Mm. Um, everything, right? So, 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 mm. so in the media, you you have pornographic material which has now become normalised. Porn pornography um, shown to children from a very young age. Um, generally, what was considered pornographic just a couple decades ago is is now kind of daytime television yeah right and and so um if i mean there are many many a psychologist or psychiatrist who who have come out there there've been several books written on this talking about how um some of the effects that pornography can have on the mind mm-hmm. and have on um the the progression of of influences how it can gradually the 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 pleasure that it can provide someone actually diminishes over time and that for someone to continue to gain that same kind of dopamine hit or that same intensity of pleasure Mm -hmm. they must um gradually move towards more extreme forms of pornography right and and this is again this is only a, a portion of of people who who are who expose themselves to this intentionally right um but i i wonder how much these kinds of influences have had um because it seems like um these these kinds of things are becoming more extreme right yeah. by the day things are gradually getting more extreme and like you said with the overton window it seems that it's being pushed that further afield Mm-hmm. Um, so what was never accepted is now slightly more acceptable just because something a little bit more crazy has been introduced into the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see how how generation after generation, 
just looking through recent modern history, generation after generation, things that were once uh, never acceptable Mm -hmm. or or were unacceptable are now thoroughly accepted and fall under the umbrella of liberation and of freedom of speech and of, um, you know, freedom from oppression, right? From, from societal oppression. Um, and and it, I wonder whether, in many cases, this is pathological minds um, which are using language, which are using terms like freedom from oppression just to describe a situation where um, society does not accept their sick and twisted and unhealthy fantasies their unhealthy um drives and 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 at some level there are individuals who 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 seek to to push society towards a place where their own um deviancies that when their own kind of pathological drives are actually accepted on mass yeah yeah i think that's a, that that's exactly what you can see going on here the the drive for people to be um, accepted, regardless of how twisted the, the what they're into actually is. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of degeneracy, maybe we can move on to. Um, people might have seen in the news a little while ago there was a Swedish behavioral scientist who suggested that in order to save the planet, it would be a good idea for humans to start eating humans, um, dead humans, as it were. He was saying uh, that it would be a good idea to be eating uh, dead bodies. So, yeah, there was that. And that's clearly uh, not a a popular idea. And he was saying that... uh, I I should explain. He was on Swedish television um, suggesting that... uh, you know, with the environment uh, and its tailspin downward, um, we should turn towards cannibalism because, um, you know, that's that it will provide a, a food source. You know, it kind of is similar to along the lines of what um, a lot of news agencies have been pushing lately is this idea of eating insects. Um, CNN in particular seems to, and maybe even the BBC seems to have had like so many headlines like it would be a good idea for humans to start eating insects and why aren't we eating insects what's wrong with eating insects well this guy's pushing it even one step further and saying that we should all be eating people Mm -hmm. so that was a couple of weeks ago but um just recently there was um a town hall that uh aoc um what's her name cortez Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah. Alexandria, that's the word I was looking for. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was saying, um, was having a, a town hall meeting, and there was a uh, an extreme climate, um, climate-anxious individual who stood up in the crowd. And maybe we can actually play the clip, because, yeah, you kind of have to see it to believe it. So, uh, Damien, you want to play that one? climate crisis we only have a few months left i love that you support the green deal but it's not getting you know getting rid of fossil fuel it's not going to solve the problem fast enough a swedish professor saying you know we can eat dead, dead people but that's not fast enough so i think your next uh, campaign slogan has to be this we got to start eating babies we don't have enough time there's too much co2 all of you you're you you know you're a pollutant too much CO2. We have to start now. Please, you are so great. I'm so happy that you're really supporting New Green Deal, but it's not enough. You know, even if we would bomb Russia, we still have too many people, too much pollution. So we have to get rid of the babies. That's a big problem. Just stopping having babies is not enough. We need to eat the babies under this very serious. Please no, no, give no. a response. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. We'll go ahead. Um, okay. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're not entirely sure whether this um, individual has all of her marbles psychologically speaking you know it seems like she may be a little bit uh loopy well i still haven't decided whether or not she's actually trolling Mm. like whether it's somebody who is actually like some of her comments just seemed like almost a little too self-aware or something the whole idea like uh 
even if we bomb Russia, it's still not enough. It's like I I don't know. Like it kind of seems like maybe maybe as somebody who is actually aware and is just having a laugh. But but at the same time, you're right. It could be somebody who is just. I mean, clearly, if if she's serious, she's insane. I mean, that's just insanity. She even had on a T-shirt that said "Save the planet, eat the children." Yeah, and I guess what it kind of demonstrates is that when you have authority figures who are challenging the status quo, let's say, or pushing that Overton window, right, by proposing something as ludicrous as the idea that we should be eating humans um, to save the environment, then there are naturally going to be people who are more susceptible to these ideas. And if you have someone who maybe is a little bit crazy um, and, you know, is unable to kind of discern that that's maybe a really bad idea, um, then, yeah, then they might be more susceptible to that. But I think what that's evidence of or what it suggests is that these ideas can or may eventually take root in, um, in, in, in other people, right? In that, mm. in that people may actually start taking notice if, if it carries on, um, they may not need to be so crazy, right? If, if, if it's fed through for long enough and in consistent doses. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It, 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 I haven't decided or I can't determine whether or not it is just trolling or, but the thing is that it's not that far fetched given how this ideology kind of takes over and the twisted thinking that it kind of leads to. I mean, it's what, you know, one, it, it's kind of the, the planet takes primary importance over humans. You know, the animals, like the vegans, you know, with the animals takes more importance over humans. It's more important for the animals to be, um, live a, a lovely, peaceful life and, you know, never die. Uh, or die of old age or whatever um, than for humans to actually feed on them. It's kind of like even one further step than that. It's like devaluing of humanity so much that, well, we don't want to eat the animals, so let's eat the people. Um, so it's, yeah, it's it's almost like you can kind of see the twisted logic that ends up getting there. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can see the twistic, twisted logic, but it stands as another example of how there seem to be certain agencies, certain influences who are trying to actively tear down the moral fabric that holds humans together, Mm -hmm. right? It's like there are certain kind of rules, right? Rules in human relationships, in human civilization you know the the way that we coexist with one another that don't need to be explicitly said people just intuitively know that cannibalism is fundamentally not a good thing yeah right it's not a healthy thing to do and that's generally why the majority of humans on earth do not partake in cannibalism Mm -hmm. and it's something that shouldn't necessarily have to be said but it seems like there are this this kind of um this this whether you whether it's an ideology whether it's a force whether it's because it seems like there's many different aspects here but it seems like there are actively forces which are trying to tear down those norms to tear down Mm -hmm. um the the um I guess the moral framework to destroy it and to reduce humans down to biological machines to nothing more than animals mm-hmm. right and and this seems to be the way that it's going um because if we're nothing more than animals if we are simply machines then you could justify eating babies right mm-hmm. because they do eat, they, they you know animals commit infanticide there are many animals that commit infanticide mm-hmm. um and so that's what it seems like it, that's what it seems is happening yeah they they are trying to degrade us um so much that we are nothing more than animals yeah well, it's it's interesting, too, that you're talking about, like, just reducing it down to biological machines, which is similar to the whole uh, thing going on with using uh, fetus parts for just for parts, 
You know what I mean? It's like it's not a human being. It's just a, a collection of parts mm-hmm. that could be used for something else. Well, it's the same thing. It's just a food source. You know, it's just just eat the babies. It's nourishment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talking about kind of um, talking about tearing down social norms, tearing down. Um, or, or, or attacking human dignity and, and kind of sticking your fingers up to, to the world, to creation. There are people, sad trends, unfortunately. Um, in fact, I think we should... I've lost... One. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe we should move on to the one... Recently in Fort Collins, Colorado, yeah. there was um, they've recently declared that um, it's now legal for women, um, well, girls as young as 11 years old, it's now legal for them to go topless, bare-breasted in public. Um, this followed a um, a three-year, I think it was, uh, trial that was going on, um, or not a they basically this uh this you've probably heard of them before they're this um um feminist group called free the nipple and their whole thing is that it's unfair that men um are able to go without shirts on you know when it's hot or for whatever reason and women are not you know it's considered indecent for a woman to expose her breasts whereas a man can go shirtless without a problem and they consider that unfair okay whatever maybe there is an argument there um, it just seems like, um, well, the fact that, that the, the, the real problem I have with this is that they, they, you know, rather than just saying, okay, uh, if you're of the age of consent over 18, then yes, you can, you can go topless fine. But 10 years old, I mean, that just seems like an invitation for like deviant pedophilic people to just, it just, I don't know. I, I, I do. I've got a problem with this. I do. Yeah. I think that um, young girls should not be, you know, it, it's so tough to even go here. Like, on the one hand, yes, there is a point there. It's just a human body, you know. Oh, you know, women should be able to show as much as they want. Men should be able to show as much as they want and not get assaulted. Yeah, okay, fine. In an ideal world, that's true. You know, women should be able to kind of walk around next to naked because they're hot. It's the summertime, whatever. And men, similarly. But the fact of the matter is we don't live in that ideal world, and that's basically inviting assault upon yourself. Yes, you should be able to do that because you want to. In a a liberal society, it makes sense that you would be able to do that. But we don't live in that kind of society. And the fact of the matter is children going around half naked, it's a problem. Like, there are predators out there who are going to prey on that sort of thing. Um, so I have a problem with it. Indeed. Um, there is context. Uh, and these kind of arguments crumble when you consider that context. When you mm. consider the context, you know, of the modern world. Uh, yeah, in your fantasy land, then maybe maybe individuals would be able to walk around whilst they were naked, like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, right? <laughs> we don't live there, right? No. And, and you have to take caution. You have to be ready to, to, to protect yourself and your children, you know, and your, whether it's your wife or your daughter or your sister, you know, quite frankly, um, it is going to set them up uh, to be more susceptible Mm-hmm. Uh, or more likely to potentially be pata- attacked, right? That's yeah. that's that's one thing. Um, at this, at the same time, I think that this um, this really provides. It says more about the people who are bring who 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 chose to bring in this legislation yeah. than than it does anything else. Um, and it and it <laughs> kind of um, yeah. I think I think it it, it shines light into what what might be going on with their desires. Well, yeah. I mean, the other thing is that to, like, you know, one perspective on this 
is you know that breasts should not be sexualized, right? It's all about their their function is to feed um, babies, right? There's no reason for them to be like sexualized, but nonetheless they are. So exposing your breasts in public is a display, a sexual display. Whether or not you think it should be like that or not, it is. That's the mm-hmm. way it is. People, you know, you can think that it shouldn't be that way as much as you want, but um, exposing breasts in public is a sexual, it is displaying sexuality in some way. So to open that up to children is essentially sexualizing children. And I do have a big problem with that. I don't think that that should be allowed. And it doesn't mean that women are oppressed, right? No. Just because they have to wear bras out in public that does not equate to oppression it just equates to um you know decency decency, common decency and personal dignity as well you know in the way that things have worked out that's just how things work and it works for it works like that likely for a good reason you know it seems to work well right Mm -hmm. and that because we live with these kind of cultural values, with these social norms, um, simply abiding by those and respecting those is not the same thing as oppression. No. And this is the problem um, that I think many of these femori- feminists and ultra liberals come against is interpreting any social norm, any um, construct, any... Um, I say social construct, essentially the the rules, the social norms that we kind of follow mm. um, consciously and, and unconsciously, these do not equate to oppression and these are not always bad. They, they, they don't necessarily, um, it, you know, it's not always a bad thing. Yeah. Um, and that's the problem. And, and, and I think that part of the, well, I think it's their stated aims in many cases. Um, they consciously seek to tear these down, right? To destroy these social norms because they do see them as forms of oppression. Um, and so when you actively try to, when you when, when your main value is placed on destroying those, those, those social norms, then essentially anything else is fair game. Anything else is acceptable because if that, if that is your aim, if that is where you are placing your focus, then anything that contributes toward that must therefore be a good thing. Mm-hmm. And so this is how we see the something like uh, 11-year-old girls walking around topless or something as, as crazy as the sexual fetishes that we were talking about before, mm-hmm. um, you know, ultra-free abortions and all of this kind of stuff. It's like, well, in, in, in these people's minds, if that is because that is not socially accepted it's therefore oppressive and therefore if we can um uh i don't i've yeah lost my train of thought no worries yeah it's interesting because um there was a uh, something that uh Slavoj Žižek um had an article on RT a couple of weeks back where um, he was talking about um, there's an Australian porn star who is going to be live streaming or is it live streaming or just videoing? Um, I'm not sure, but it's her birth. And basically, you know, it's making a pornographic spectacle of giving birth. Um, And he was talking, interestingly, he was talking about um, how it's kind of, eroding the sense of shame right and he was basically talking about how shame isn't necessarily a bad thing he even said at one point this element of shame is a condition of our freedom and i can kind of see what he means i mean you can have freedom as long as there's that level of shame there you know it's kind of like shame holds things in place so it's like you do have ultimate freedom to do what you want but a sense of collective shame about things prevents you from going too far beyond a certain point do you know what i mean um and he said that he believes that uh the state should regulate regulate what people may or may not commercialize um we should set certain limits 
He says, I would not even call it censorship, just certain legal limitation. We should do that without feeling ashamed of being oppressive. What is important is to maintain morality that tells you that there is something shameful about some acts, that it is wrong to do it. Yeah, he, he says there is nothing socially oppressive about some form, uh, some form of shame. Mm-hmm. Oppressive society for me is not the one where there are certain prohibitions making you keep some things for yourself. So basically, um, you know, withholding certain parts of yourself, mm-hmm. that's, that's not oppressive. Uh, they are simply part of some notion of dignity. And I do not think it is social oppression. <clears throat> and it's not because essentially a healthy society is per my way of, understanding it is one which can discriminate between the good and the bad Mm -hmm. right and it's actually being able to to move towards the good but to do that you have to be able to to discriminate um and and the problem is is that um it seems that there are many who are trying to push the idea that everything is acceptable and that everything should be valued Mm -hmm. even the bad the good and the bad yeah. Uh, in these people's minds, there is no good or bad, right? Yeah. And it's literally satanic. I mean, um, what's the Satan, Church of Satan guy back? Do as thou well. Yeah, do, do. Shall be the whole of the law. Shall be the whole of the law. That's the one. And that's basically it. That's what we're witnessing right now. It's like um, no limits on anything. In fact, it seems as though the further you can push the limits um the yeah. the the better it is right yeah the yeah. further you can push those limits the more free you are that's how it seems to be and you see that in 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 other ways there have been a variety of kind of viral memes or viral videos um videos that have gone viral of people doing really degenerate acts really things which are quite morally reprehensible um and these individuals seem to be relatively uh, I would say quite stupid, <laughs> stupid for doing what what they were doing and, and really not considering the consequences because they have had some some pretty dire consequences mm-hmm. foisted upon them, you know, rightly so. Um, there have been videos of the, like a really weird um, thing to do. Essentially, there was a, a woman and this was in June. Um, she was young. I think she was under the age of 18, mm-hmm. uh, probably 16, 17. And um, she videoed herself taking out an ice cream top from the store. So so essentially in the freezer section of a store, taking out the ice cream top, taking off the lid, licking the ice cream, putting the lid back on, and then putting it back in the freezer for someone else who's going to go purchase it later on. Yeah. To unknowingly, you know, purchase the ice cream tub that she's licked. And for some reason, this was considered to be a funny thing to do. Mm. Right. Um, and this, yeah, she posted that on Twitter. Um, there was some backlash for that, actually. Again, rightly so. And I think she was arrested later on. There was another guy who did it not mm-hmm. long after. Um, this time he licked it. He he licked an ice cream tub. He poked it with his finger, and then he put it back in the freezer. Yeah, and I saw one where there was um, a transgender woman who took mouthwash off the shelf, took a swig off it, swished it around her mouth, spit it back in the bottle, put it back on the shelf. It's. <sighs> It kind of comes down to what you were saying before, Elliot, about the fact that there are rules, unspoken rules that kind of hold a community of people together. Um, this this idea that you kind of respect, like there's certain boundaries that you don't cross. There's like, you know, despite the fact that, you know, companies will put different things in to make sure that food can't get tampered with and stuff like that. Yeah, there's always a possibility that, that somebody could tamper with the food, but it's kind of an unspoken rule that you don't do that. You know, you don't mess with food that you're not going to then purchase. You know, it, it's kind of like an honor code <laughs> or yeah. something like that. You know, yeah. it's like it's you common just, decency. Right? It's common decency. It is exactly that. So it seems like these people are getting a kick out of pushing those boundaries and or ignoring those boundaries and violating 
those boundaries. It's kind of like the fabric that holds the community together is just being trampled. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's the active violation of those um, social codes of conduct and deriving pleasure from that. Mm-hmm. That's what it seems to be. And it seems that that kind of mindset um, is 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 very much being promoted to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, and although it's not socially acceptable and it's not kind of, it's not openly promoted to do something as stupid as licking an ice cream, but I think it demonstrates an underlying lack of respect, an underlying um, kind of, uh, how, how can I say it? Like this, this tendency or the, all this drive this drive to tear things down to mm-hmm. again um almost embody uh uh, uh a, a destructive principle that's the only thing that mm-hmm. i can think think about here mm-hmm. it's like okay all that's all that's good in the world all that that works for people as a whole let's tear it down yeah yeah it's a totally chaotic impulse um it's kind of like you know i think about years ago um different taboos that people challenged you know and there was lots of like you know entire youth subcultures would be basically about pushing uh pushing against certain taboos and to some extent i think that kind of thing is 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 healthy like it's good it's kind of like questioning these things that are put in place and like why you know why do we have these rules and thinking about that kind of thing and like challenging them a little bit but it seems like it's like the more that has been stripped away it's like the 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 dross has kind of been stripped away where before it was like maybe a little bit innocent um and now it's getting down to kind of the fundamental things that hold society together yeah and those things are starting to be actively pushed against you know and it's kind of like if you push too hard the whole thing's going to crumble and i get the impression that 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 some people out there maybe a significant number of them actually want that they want the whole system to come tumbling down yep um and and they have explicitly said that in some of their writings right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so there have been various kind of self-proclaimed philosophical thinkers um, who adopt certain ideologies and openly proclaim to essentially want to destroy um, everything that all all of those things that hold or that bond together communities, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, these these people that are what how you would describe someone as essentially being ideologically possessed, mm-hmm. right? Where nothing else matters, and so it seems to be the case with many of these probably well-intentioned individuals who do promote these kinds of ideas, um, whereby their ideology really shapes um, and, and, and uh, dominates their thinking to such an extent that um, everything else comes second to, to, to achieving the goals of that ideology. Mm-hmm. And if that is the destruction of human decency, then albeit, um, you know, if it is the breakdown or collapse of society, then all be it. Because if that means freedom from oppression, then great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a really naive position. I think like people don't really understand what they're asking for when they're, when they're actually, you know, going for that kind of um, thing, you know, they, they, it's kind of thought of as some kind of, uh, like you said, freedom from like oppression, but they don't understand that the, well, this could go down a whole entire <laughs> rabbit hole here, so maybe 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 we should leave it at that. Unless sorry, you had more to say, Elliot? I I don't know. No, I I agree there, Doug. I think that in general, um, you know, as as a kind of roundup, the points that we are trying to make on this show and we've given several examples is how over such a short a period of time if you were to go back even just a couple of decades how things appear on both an intellectual and a moral level to have degraded significantly mm-hmm. um and how many 
customs or practices which would previously be considered abhorrent by the majority of people are now getting the limelight or the spotlight in the media um, and it seems that for the younger generations are being accepted as more of a, a normal thing to do um, and the problem is is I think that there's been several writers kind of historians people commenting on the cycles that civilizations generally tend to go through all the mm -hmm. characteristics that a civilization or collective as a whole exhibit um, through the various stages of their development and particularly before the collapse of the civilization um, and there's several thinkers who have commented on this um, who've really highlighted that actually um, it, it's the moral fabric uh, the behaviors really tend to degenerate um, and it's the that those that degeneration um, which which seems to coincide or precede uh, a a complete collapse of civilization. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if that's what we're seeing. It certainly wouldn't surprise me. Well, I guess that is our show for today. Thanks so much for joining us. We will be back next week with another video, um, another interesting topic. If uh, you are so inclined, please like and subscribe down below. And thanks to everybody for joining us. Thanks, guys.